from the 14th chapter of Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor. Someone more distinguished than you may have been invited by your host. And then what do you think would happen? When your host, who invited both of you, he would come and say to you, Give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, he would start to take the lowest place. So instead, when you were invited to a banquet, go and sit down at the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he would say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table before you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your rich relatives or your neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Let us bow for prayer. O good and gracious God, open up our minds, open up our hearts, that we might love a little more, that we might learn something new today, that we might be motivated to be a better Christian. This we pray through Jesus Christ. Amen. A pastor friend of mine tells this story about his former congregation. It was December, and the pastor received a call from his friend who worked for the Coalition for the Homeless. His friend asked if about 8 to 10 homeless men and women who were in a supervised program, which meant the supervisor was with them at all times, could sleep in the church on Thursday nights from December to March. Well, of course, the pastor said he had to call the trustees and he would get back to his friend. He called all the trustees and they agreed that the homeless could sleep in the church on Thursday evenings. So the first Thursday, they were dropped off at 7 p.m. and spent a quiet night at the church with no problems. But some of the parents who were picking up their children from the church's after-school program asked the director who those people were. The director went to the pastor and said that some of the parents were complaining. So the pastor talked to the trustees, and they decided to have the guests enter into a different door and sleep in a different section of the building. This was a very big church. So the children and the parents would not even see them and would not be nervous. The next Thursday passed again with no problems. 
But the director of the school was still filled with fear. She asked the trustees to hold an emergency meeting without the pastor on the Sunday before Christmas. The pastor was going with some members of the congregation to sing Christmas carols to the shut-ins, so he couldn't be there. And then she persuaded the trustees to vote the homeless program out of the church and to tell the homeless that they could not come anymore. When the president of the trustees called the pastor to tell him this news, and it was two days before Christmas, the pastor did not know what to do. His heart was broken. The church was about to celebrate the birth of God's son to a homeless couple living in a stable where there was no room in the inn. There was no way that he could tell a group of homeless people they had no place to sleep. He just didn't know what to do. So he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he came up with the perfect solution. He invited the homeless to come and sleep in the parsonage. The homeless men and women loved coming to a house, taking a hot shower, sitting on the couch and watching TV, going into the kitchen and was able to get snacks. Each week, from December to March, they slept in a real home. The pastor was trying to live out our scripture lesson this morning. Jesus said to his host, When you give a lunch or a dinner, don't invite your friends, don't invite your brothers and sisters, your relatives, don't invite your rich neighbors because they'll just invite you back. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, for they're not able to repay you, and thus you will be blessed. Jesus made these observations at a dinner party when he noticed that the guests were all choosing the best seats. He told this parable to help people understand the way things are and the way things should be. Are we much different? We live in a democracy. It's the land of the free and the home of the brave where all people are created equal. No head tables here. No one more important than anyone else. But is that really so? Do we live as if we are all equal? Do we treat others equally? We look around. That's not really the way it is, is it? Are we really equal? Jesus does not make these distinctions. There is no head table in the kingdom of God. Jesus is telling us that all are invited to the table, and all means all. There is no distinction between the tax collector and the prostitute and the religious leader. There is no distinction between the person who comes to church every single Sunday and the one who stays home to sleep late and read the paper. Jesus said, when you have a luncheon or a dinner, 
Don't invite your friends and family and your rich neighbors who can repay you, but invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Invite those in need, those outside mainstream society. I am proud to say that the United Methodist Women at my last church did just that. They went to Covenant Church in Plainfield and fed the poor and the hungry. Covenant Church was my husband's first appointment over 40 years ago. I know he's a lot younger than that, but he was the associate pastor, and he was at that church one year. And while we lived there, our house was robbed and ransacked not once but twice. Our little dog was stolen and killed. It wasn't a safe neighborhood then, and it certainly is not a safe neighborhood now. But each month, a group of women from Bishop Jane's United Methodist Church went and served those in need. Friends, this is the church at its best. Jesus' parable shows us a different world than most of us Americans are used to. It shows us how God behaves and how God treats people. It shows us what the promised kingdom of God looked like. The promised kingdom is a different world than ours. It is a world that we pray each Sunday morning will come on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God invites the prisoner, yes, sorry, the prisoner too, and the oppressed, the Muslim, the Jew, the gay, the straight, the black, the white, the Asian, the Native American, the Hispanic, all to the same table. Fifty-six years, we celebrated Martin Luther King's birthday this past week. Fifty-six years ago, it was when at the March on Washington, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King gave his famous I Have a Dream speech. Our friend Gil Caldwell, who attends the Red Bank United Methodist Church down at the Jersey Shore near where we live, was there 56 years ago. At the time, he was serving as the Associate General Secretary of the Commission on Religion and Race of the United Methodist Church. Gil says, The March on Washington set the table as it made visible for the nation to see what the banquet table of the USA ought to look like. It's time for all of us to sit at that banquet table. As we continue to strive to follow Jesus' teachings, as we work to be the church, the body of Christ in the world, whether we are here at church or at home or at work or at school, in politics, in religion, wherever we are, we need to consider who is invited to the table. Who sets the table? Who makes the seating arrangements? In the church, we need to think, how do we, the hosts, greet and treat strangers, those we don't know who have come to worship? And how do we invite those outside of the community to come in? Do we distinguish between those who look like us and those who look differently or dress differently or come from some different place? When I called up my girlfriend, Jane, 
and told her the story of the pastor whose church did not allow the homeless to stay there two days before Christmas, she asked me this poignant question. What did the homeless look like? I said, what? What do you mean? What did they look like? It never occurred to me that it had anything to do with what they looked like. She asked, what color were they? So I went back to the pastor and asked him the question, because I knew this congregation was mostly all white. I said, what did the homeless look like? He said they were black and Hispanic. And all I wanted to do was sob. When you have a luncheon or dinner, Jesus says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the black, the Hispanic, the Asian, the Native American, the gay, the straight, for all means all at the table of God. Shortly after he became the Pope, since the summer of 2013, Pope Francis has been using communion wafers that are made in an Argentinian prison when he celebrates the daily Mass at the Vatican. The wafers are made by Gabriela Caballero, a 38-year-old woman who was serving a seven-year jail term in the San Martin Penitentiary outside of Buenos Aires. Caballero gave the host to Bishop Oscar Ojea, who regularly visits the prison, and he delivered them to the Pope during a visit at the Vatican. Pope Francis wrote Gabriella a thank-you note. He said, from tomorrow on, I will use the hosts whenever I celebrate the Mass. Gabriella says, in the middle of this darkness, I am proud to know that one can reach the Vatican even from prison. This is the table of Jesus. These are the gifts that he offers to all people. All means all. All are welcome at Jesus' table. Right here. Right now. Amen.